Hi everyone, Demetrius McRae here, your online campus pastor here at Calvary Christian Center. Welcome to our podcast. As we are in our season of healing, just so you know, we are worshiping on campus and making sure that our worship experiences are safe and sanitary. May today's message bring healing, hope, and ultimately transformation. Hope you enjoy the message. Remain standing for the reading of God's word. I'm coming for you today. If you're ready, shout, bring it on. Listen, I'm coming after you today. It reminds me of a story I heard about this young preacher. He uh, had gotten himself together to preach for the very first time, and he wrote all of his notes on index cards. And as he was going up to the platform, he stumbled and dropped his cards all over the stage. So he had like 40 cards, and they were all mixed up. He couldn't even find his first page. Finally, he found his uh, scripture, and he started to, to read his scripture, and he said, Behold, I come quickly. And he leaned out, and he thought people were at least say amen nobody said anything so he leaned out a little bit more and he said behold I come quickly people just looked at him he thought man somebody ought to say amen somebody ought to clap or something so he leaned out a little bit more and he said behold I come quickly they just stared at him he said man I wish somebody would respond he leaned out one more time and he said behold I come quickly and he leaned out too far and he fell off the stage right into the lap of an old woman that was sitting on the front row. He said, ma'am, I'm so sorry. I've fallen right in your lap. She said, oh, honey, you told me you was coming four times. I should have been ready. <laughs> How many of y'all ready today? Anybody ready for the word? Been talking a lot about praise and worship. I'm ready to go a little deeper. You ready to go a little bit deeper? We're going to test positive. That's this season. When this is over, I want to test positive. I want to test with victory and breakthrough. So here we are in 1 Kings chapter 12, verse 21. And when Rehoboam came to Jerusalem, he assembled all the house of Judah with the tribe of Benjamin, 180,000 chosen men who were warriors to fight against the house of Israel that he might restore the kingdom to Rehoboam, the son of Solomon. But the word of God came to Shemaiah, the man of God, saying, Speak to Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, king of Judah, to all the house of Judah and Benjamin, and to the rest of the people, saying, Thus saith the Lord, you shall not go up and fight against your brethren. The kingdom has just split now. There's now the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. And God said, don't fight against your brethren, the children of Israel. Let every, man to return, let every man return to his house, for this thing is of me. Therefore, they obeyed the word of the Lord and turned back according to the word of the Lord. Then Jeroboam built Shechem, this is the leader of the southern kingdom, in the mountains of Ephraim and dwelt there. Also, he went out from there and built Peniel. This is actually the northern kingdom. And Jeroboam said in his heart, now the kingdom may return turn to the house of David. If these people go to offer sacrifices in the house of the Lord at Jerusalem, then the heart of this people will turn back to their Lord, Rehoboam, the king of Judah, and they will kill me and go back to Rehoboam, king of Judah. Therefore, the king asked advice, made two calves of gold and said to the people, watch this now. 
It is too much. Too much for you to go up to Jerusalem and worship. It's too much. Here are your gods, O Israel, which brought you up from the land of Egypt, these golden calves. And he set one up in Bethel and another up in Dan. Now this thing became a sin for the people when they went to worship before the one as far as to Dan. He made shrines on high places and made priests from every class of people who were not the sons of Levi. Jeroboam ordained the feast on the 50th day of the 8th month like the feast of Judah and offered sacrifices to on the altar so he did at Bethel sacrificing the calves that he had made and at Bethel he instilled the priest of the high places which he had made so he made offerings on the altar which he made at Bethel on the 50th day of the 8th month in the 8th month which he devised in his own heart and he ordained the feast of the children of Israel and offered sacrifices on the altar of burned incense and burned incense. Look at the 28th verse. He said here in essence, it's just too much for you to go and worship. It's too much for you to give God glory. It's too much for you to give God praise. I would like to preach along these lines for just a few minutes. How much is too much? Could you ever praise God beyond what he's worthy? Could you ever thank him beyond what he's done for you? Could you ever thank him and and go beyond how faithful he's been in your life? I feel like preaching today. How many of you want to get in this thing with me this morning? All right, slip up your hands. Father, we want to say thank you. We want to say we bless you. We want to say that we wouldn't even be here without your goodness and we give you glory. Nobody can tell us that you're not faithful because we are living witnesses and we are testimonies of how good you really are. Thank you for your presence in this room. If God has been good to you and no praise is too much for him, come on and lift him up right now. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. The text said in verse 28, he said, it is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem and worship. You don't need to do this. It's too inconvenient for you. And I would like to take a few minutes and talk to you along the lines, how much is too much? You know, it seems like we live in a world of extremes, don't we? It seems like everything that you see is extreme. But if you decide to just be a Christ follower, if you decide to go after Jesus, people look at you like you've lost your mind. Everything is acceptable except being radical for the Lord. But I have made up in my mind that if the world can go after sin and Satan and immorality and meanness and cruelty and division and racism, come on, if the world can go after that with such vigor, it's time for the church to get radical about Jesus. Amen. Now, to me, worship and praise and thanksgiving is so beautiful before the Lord. When you come to Calvary, you know that we are a house of praise. We don't mind giving God glory. We don't mind lifting him up. Anybody glad to be in a house of praise this morning? Amen. But the question is, can you go too far? Can you cross the line? Is it possible for people to, to look at you and maybe they're actually right and they look at you and say, it don't take all that. It don't take all that noise. Come on, Calvary. Uh, y'all sing too long. Y'all clap too much. Y'all shout too loud. It don't take all that, Calvary. Why don't you just relax a little bit? Why don't you chill, brother? And the reality of it all 
all is maybe it doesn't take all that for you but it takes all that for me because when I think about the goodness of Jesus and everything he's done in my life something inside of me says I want to give him praise honor and glory here in first Kings we see an incredible story this is right at the very moment you've heard me teach it through the years of when Israel had been divided the kingdom and the people and the nation were split and they became the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom the southern kingdom was known as Judah and in that kingdom there was Judah and Benjamin and then the northern kingdom was the ten tribes and they joined together and they became known as Israel and what brought this split about was the cruelty of a king named Rehoboam. This was David's descendant. He had been leading the people and he decided that he would lead the people in a harsh way. He had asked some advice from his elders, older folks in the kingdom, and he said, how should I lead the kingdom? And the older folks said, don't lead like your father. See, his father was meaner than a junkyard dog. Come on. He said, don't be like your daddy. He said, I want, they said, said, you need to lead with compassion and grace and kindness. But he went to some younger folk, and I love young people, but you want to talk to people who've got wisdom when you want to make an important decision. They said, listen, be meaner than your dad. Lead him with harshness. Lead him with cruelty. And so he decided that he was going to do what he wanted to do. He was going to lead them with harshness. And I want to give you two quick side notes. Number one, meanness will catch up with you. So be nice come on it split his kingdom I said meanness will catch up with you so be nice how many of you know meanness is not a fruit of the spirit can I get a witness in the house I believe Christian people ought to be nice and so number one meanness will catch up with you number two you're in trouble when you reach a place in life where can't nobody tell you anything you're in you're in trouble if you reach a place in life where you know it all do you know anybody who knows it all You say, Pastor, she's sitting by me, but I can't point at her. Come on. During this time, because nothing takes the Lord by surprise, a couple chapters earlier, God had used a prophet to speak to Jeroboam, and the prophet Ajahi told him what was coming. He said, this kingdom is about to be split. There's going to be two pieces of cloth that that will go one way and ten another. And the prophet said that God is about to give you those ten tribes. God's about to put them under your care and he said and the prophet said if you will honor God like your father David if you will honor God like my servant David all the blessings that were on David's house will come to your house he said everything that I promised David I'll do it for you if you'll do what I ask you to do isn't it funny how so many people want the blessings of God they want the favor of God they want the breakthrough of God they want the healing of God they want the power of God the problem is they just don't want to do what God says but God said if you'll do this I'll bring favor on you the Lord said I'll bless you like I blessed David but 
but this man Jeroboam was hard-headed. He went his own way. And so the first thing that he did, he built up a city called Shechem and he made it his capital. He made Shechem the capital of Israel. Jerusalem was the capital of the entire nation before in Judah, but he made Shechem the capital. And what makes this incredible is when you define the word Shechem, Shechem means back, it means shoulder. It literally means first. It means to the back or the shoulder. It means to put something on your back first, to put something on your shoulder first. So here's what he did. He said, I'm going to put this thing on my back. I'm going to carry this thing. I'm going to make this thing happen. I'm going to be self-sufficient in this. I'm going to make this, put it on my back. I got this. This is mine. He was convinced of his own self-sufficiency. He thought he did not need God. He thought he could do it without the Lord. He said, put it on my back. I got it, but I have come to tell you today you are inadequate. You are unable. You cannot do this by yourself. We cannot have what God called us to have or do what we have, what God called us to do without his help. We are living in a day when churches have figured out how to have smooth meetings. They've figured out how to come together and look good and sound good, but there's not any power in the house. I have made up in my mind I can't do God's thing without God's help. Oh, I don't want to get to preaching yet, but is there anybody here today that says, Pastor, I can't even do this if God doesn't help me? No, I'm looking for real people. Is there anybody that could say, Pastor, I can't even make this happen if God doesn't help me? His first mistake was that he thought he was all that. And the moment you think you're all that, God has a way of showing you you're not. Why? Because God designed you to need him. God crafted you and created you so that you would be dependent on him. He made you in such a way that you could not even fulfill your assignment without his help. And that's why, he, that's why the Bible said, I called on the Lord and he, he helped me. But Jeroboam in pride, you know what he said? He said, I've got this. He said, I will put it on my back and I'll carry it. I don't know about you, but I'm convinced about myself as it relates to Jim Rayleigh, I need the Lord. Oh, I said, I need the Lord. I can't carry this by myself. I can't carry this assignment by myself. There's so much going on. I, I can't do this by myself. My back will break. Come on. He said, put it on my back. Don't put it on my back. Man, I'm casting all my cares up him. Uh, this, this, this King Jeroboam said, I got it. Put it on my back. Don't put it on my back, man. I'm giving it to God. Too many times I've had seasons in my life, I'm going to be real with you, where the pressure was so prolific, where the pain was so great, where the attack was so intense that if I didn't have help from the Lord, I would have folded. In the last 23 years with economies going up and down, with situations and circumstances and divisions and problems, there would have been times when I would have folded and thrown in the towel and quit and my back would have broken but I stand before you today and I say had it not been for the Lord who was on my side I wouldn't be standing right here this morning oh you can sit out there and be cute but some of y'all know what I'm talking about you walk some rough places you've been through some hard days but who would admit pastor I made it because of the goodness of the Lord 
had people preaching my funeral, <laughs> calling me crashing. They said, Jim Rayleigh's not going to make it, but hey. <laughs> I said, hey, how do you like me now? Come on, somebody. I'm not saying that to give myself any glory, but I know that I know that I know. I'm only here because God's been good. If you're only here because God's been good, one, two, three, make a little noise in the house. I've watched people and preachers and ministries begin in humility and begin uh, depending on the blessings and favor of the Lord. And then they begin to believe their own lie, start acting like they're their own source that they masterminded their victory and they're the architect of their own success. And in that moment, they crumble. I've watched churches that started out right but went wrong. And I wanna say this, and if you're a young minister, you're watching me on live stream or you watch this after the fact, write this down. Ministry that does not rely on God is temporary. I'll say that again. Ministry that does not find its source and its strength in God is temporary. Because the truth is, y'all, we're no match for the devil by ourselves. We're no match for the agenda of hell by ourselves. But when the Lord is on our side, I heard it said, if God be for me, then who can be against me? Isaiah 46 says this, listen to me, descendants of Jacob, all you who remain is Israel. I have cared for you since you were born. <laughs> yeah, I carried you before you were born, Jesus. He said, I have carried you before you were born. He said, I will be your God throughout your lifetime until your hair is white with age. He said, I made you and I will care for you. I will carry you along and save you. I came looking for some people who know that you didn't get to where you are by yourself. You're not sitting in your position. You're not sitting in your place, the house you have, the car you drive, the opportunity that you have to be in this room this morning. You didn't carry yourself into this moment, but there were times when you were weak and weary and unable, but did he reach down and pick you up and carry you? I dare you to tell somebody he carried me. Yeah, yeah. I would have stumbled, but he carried me. He carried me through craziness. He carried me through addiction. He carried me through rebellion. He carried me through fear. He carried me through sickness. He carried me through betrayal. And he's carrying me right now. Y'all, I'm trying to hurry, but I feel like somebody in the house knows that you only made it because he carried me. I need you right now to stop and give him a he carried me praise. No, I'm not moving one step forward. I'm not preaching another word until you stop and give him a he carried me praise. Yeah, he carried me and tell your neighbor he's carrying me right now. He's carrying me right now. He's carrying me right now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now watch, watch. Jeroboam forgot, y'all know. Some of y'all are new here. You got into one of them radical preaching messages. Y'all know me. 
Jeroboam forgot, y'all. Don't forget. Push them. I say, don't forget. Yeah, he had the unmitigated gall, the audacity to believe that he could put it all on his back. That's the source of anxiety. Are you listening to me? That's where anxiety is birthed from when we think we can carry it all on our back. So he tried to carry it on his back and surely, listen now, he was not a worshiper because worshipers know I need him. I gotta have the Lord. So he wasn't a worshiper. Now watch this precious. He wasn't a worshiper and he led his people to be just like him because you got to be careful who you're following because leaders don't reproduce what they want they reproduce what they are Jeroboam said I've got this see here it is precious people who are convinced that they can handle life without God and refuse to worship him because they're convinced they don't need the Lord but is there anybody here that could say I need him, pastor. See, what would stop you from saying that is pride. And the truth is, if you think you can do life, if you think you can do ministry, if you think you can, you can do career, if you think you can do family without Jehovah, eventually God will let you. He will step aside even though he doesn't want to. He will relent and remove himself, his covering, and his goodness from your life. I know a lot of preachers won't tell you stuff like this because they're scared of you, but I'm 57 years old. I'm too old to be scared of any of you. Come on. The, the truth is, y'all, that it, God Jehovah will relent. He'll remove himself and his goodness from your life just to remind you that you need him. You'll find yourself, man, thinking I could make it, and then all of a sudden you see things crumbling around you, and you say, I better plug back in. I better get back connected. See, see, I don't want to do, do this without him. This is why I am a worshiper. You say, well, Pastor Rayleigh, I've come to the church, and, uh, and you, 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 it seems like you've gotten real loud. I, I hadn't gotten loud. I've always been loud. Pastor Ray, you and Pastor Don, y'all moving, walking all over the front, clapping your hands. Y'all must just, no, we didn't just start this. This is who we are because we are worshipers. Are there any worshipers in the house? I'm looking for just, a, uh, just a, uh, can I find three? Are there three worshipers? See, see. Watch, watch this. Worship not only acknowledges the greatness of God, but it also reveals the truth of every true worshiper. And it's this fact. We need the Lord. I worship him because he's great, but I worship him too because I need him. Come on. He's a healer. I ain't. He's a savior. I ain't. He's a way maker. I ain't. Come on now. The Bible said, and Jeroboam, watch this now, this came alive to me. He said in his heart, now the kingdom may return to David. Remember what I told you, the kingdom has been split because this king that had been ruling is so mean, Rehoboam. So this new king that arose to lead Israel, Jeroboam said in his heart, now the kingdom may return to the house of David. He started feeling threatened. He started worrying. 
He said, Judah seems like they're kind of getting it together a little bit. Now I'm going to lose these 10 tribes. Can you imagine? He's afraid that Judah is figuring it out. So he decides to go a path that would bring him sure destruction. He is the absolute personification of an insecure, manipulative, manipulative and self-consumed leader. He forgot the fact that he only had a kingdom because God gave it to him. Oh, and he couldn't keep it without the goodness of God. I'm just wondering, I'm just thinking up here on this stage, is there anybody here that would admit I only have anything I've got because God gave it to me? So he felt threatened. Leaders who are easily threatened can do no real damage to the kingdom of darkness. He felt threatened. He was the king, but he felt threatened. He had the title, but he didn't really have the power. He was a king and he felt threatened. So Jeroboam, here's what he did. He, his name literally means the people will contend. It means the people will contend. And he was just like his name. He was threatened by the people. Jeroboam cared more about the will of the people than he did the word of the Lord. Be careful that you don't follow a leader, especially in the kingdom, that is enslaved to the opinions of people. Uh, let, me, let me go a little further. He's, now, he's in a political position, so he is more concerned with politics in that moment than he is the glory of the Lord. Uh, he said, I got to keep my position. I got to keep my place. I got to keep, this is, I got to, oh, I think I hit a nerve. Now it's getting quiet in here. He, he was supposed to be the king, but he became a politician. I think I better stay here for a second. It's good to vote. It's good to prayerfully seek the Lord on political decisions and issues. And let me, but let me tell you something. Politics are are temporary the kingdom is eternal oh I'm preaching better here than you're letting on I said politics are temporary the kingdom is eternal the government of God is greater than the government of men see the politics are temporary the kingdom is eternal and I want to tell you America's got some issues right we're not dumb about it. We're not, we're not muted about it. We know it's a reality. But I want to say something today, and I want you to hear me and put it in your pipe and smoke it. What will fix what ails the nation ultimately won't have its origin from the Senate, the House, or the White House. What will change the schoolhouse, what will empty the crack house, what will change and transform your house is one thing, and that's revival in God's house. That's when black people and white people and red people and yellow people and Baptists and Methodists and Pentecostals get together and say there is a king that is greater than anything in the earth today. Oh, if you, you, if you don't like that, my email is Pastor Josh at CalvaryFL.com. Come on. Remember, Jeroboam's name means the people will strive or the people will contend. And he was caving because he was threatened by people. 
and a leader is in a dangerous place, especially a kingdom leader, when he allows himself to be ruled by the people he's supposed to lead. He must have been controlled by the strivings of people. It's a beautiful thing to get delivered from the strivings of people. Listen, I love people. You say, well, pastor, what are you trying to tell me? I love people, y'all, but sometimes people are crazy. Yes, pastor, I know that's true, but pastor, there was an issue a while back and the majority of people thought that we should do this. I was looking and the majority of Americans think we should do this and the majority thinks we should do that. What do you have to say about that? I have to say, honestly, sometimes the majority of people are crazy. Oh, I'm preaching better than you're letting on. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to stay normal if I'm the only one in the room. Can I get a witness? Jeroboam, Jeroboam was more consumed with the agenda, his own agenda than anything else. And when your agenda becomes more important than God's glory, that's when you get in trouble. So, uh, so here's what he did. The king made two calves and he said, look, Israel. These are the gods that brought you out of Egypt. Can you imagine? Now, do not miss this, precious, because this is one of the most valuable parts of this message that I need you to walk out of here with in your heart. He took, he did not take the advice of his counselors. He made these golden calves, and he did something that was such an offense to the name of Jehovah. He built golden calves. And do you remember when the children of Israel built the golden calf to worship in the desert? When Moses had gone up to Mount Sinai to commune with the Lord and received the Ten Commandments. So when Jeroboam built these golden calves, here's what he told the people. He said, Jehovah didn't deliver you. Jehovah didn't set you free. Almighty God didn't bring you through the desert. It was the golden calf. It was the thing that you built. You made it. You're the one that did it. You built the calf. You made the calf. God didn't do it for you. The calf did it for you. And I'm telling you, hell will change the facts on you. The devil will pervert the story and not give you the real story. Oh, let me tell you today, the enemy will do all that he can in order to convince you that, that, that you need to give everything glory except the Lord. Give everything honor except the Lord. He'll tell you the Lord didn't do that for you. The Lord didn't to put your marriage back together. You did it. You just got nicer. The Lord didn't give you that financial breakthrough. You got that job because you deserved it. You ain't even got the degree for the job but you did it yourself yeah right come on you, you you you're the one that got your children right you're the one that got yourself the house you know you you wouldn't have happened you did it all the devil is a liar there's some people in this room that can say I can't even walk if he ain't holding my hand everything I got he led me to it because he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake and surely goodness and mercy will run me down Be careful you don't glorify your resources or your connections or your abilities or your giftings or your intellect or your skills. 
If you give anything more glory than God for the victories, blessings, and breakthroughs in your life, it's golden calf worship. Jeroboam said, just worship the calf. But watch this, y'all. Here's what I know. The calf was not worship worthy. I said the calf was not worship worthy. I've, I've lived long enough to know that everything in life fails, doesn't it? People let you down. Folks you thought you could depend on. People fail. Even your family will fail you. Even church folk will fail you. Say amen. Everything we have is temporal. There are things that we thought we could rely on and we find out we can't rely on it, but never forget, Jesus never fails. That's why only the Lord is worship worthy. Do you believe the Lord is worship worthy today? Has the Lord been faithful to you? Is he worship worthy in your life? So, so I'm trying to move on, just stay with me. I've got just a couple more minutes. He built this calf and he built it in a town called Bethel. He installed that calf at Bethel. What makes it powerful is when you define the word Bethel. Bethel means house of God. So he set up a golden calf in the house of God. He set up a golden calf where the presence of God belonged. He set up a golden calf where the Jehovah should have been praised. He set up a golden calf to be worshiped in Bethel, the house of God. And let me say something right here, right now. It may be tight, but it's right. There's nothing that's worthy of worship in this place except God. Only God can be worshiped in this house. I don't care how great the music is. I don't care how much you like the preacher. I don't care how much you like the message. I don't care how much you like the facilities. There is nothing in this house that is worthy of worship. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor. Look at your neighbor and say there's somebody in the house that's greater than the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's somebody in the house. He's greater than the preacher. He's greater than the singer. He's greater than the facility. No golden calf worship. Hallelujah. Nobody gets glory in God's house except God. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, this is God's house. Yeah, this is not Jim Rayleigh's house. This is God's house. If, if, if God allows me, there'll be a day if Jesus tarries when I will preach my last message and I'll walk off this stage and never walk back on. But let me tell you, this ministry will not fold. It will not stop because it ain't Jim's house. It's the house of Jehovah. And when Jehovah is glorified, it is perpetual life. I'm trying to land this plane, but I dare you right now. If you're glad to be in a house where only God gets the glory, one, two, three, give him praise. Hey, 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 hey. Praise him according to his excellent greatness in your life. All righty. Mm. (sighs) 
so make sure that whatever you worship is worship worthy make sure if you build a church you don't build it around yourself make make sure that make sure and empower people around you come on celebrate people around you talking to preachers right now who watch us every week so here's where we get to the crux of the message the king said in first kings 12 28 hey y'all it's too much he was from southern israel come on hey y'all he said it's too much it's just too much for you to go all the way to jerusalem and worship it's just too much trouble for you to give the lord glory it's just too much God hadn't been that good to you, Israel. God hadn't been that faithful to you. The golden calf helped you anyway. The thing you built did it for you. It's just too much to go all the way to Jerusalem and worship. Don't you miss this today because I'm teaching how much is too much. All of hell is looking for your limit. I said all of hell is looking for your limit. Hell wants to find your too much. Hell wants to find that place in you where you say, I can't follow him anymore. Hell wants to find that place in you where you say, I got to quit. I'm throwing in the towel. I'm giving up. I can't make it. Hell is trying every day. It's taking your pulse. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Hell wants to find that place where you say, this is too much. The devil is banking on it. He's banking on you surrendering and finding that place where you say, I just can't do it anymore I'm not gonna worship him anymore I, I did this all myself anyway you say well pastor you need to understand we found an easier way since COVID there's really no need to gather anymore we can just watch church from here on out online even though the it's too much now to come to church I can watch him at home while I'm eating my pop tarts y'all ain't saying nothing I'm not saying that you can't watch online but I'm saying at some point you need to get your XYZ back here to church and let's get together and let's have a move of God Pastor, it's easier. I like watching you in my slippers. I, I don't really need God's house, even though the Bible instructs us to fail not the assembling of ourselves together. It's just too much, Pastor. In this last season, people made me mad on Facebook. They got me upset, and I can't return now, and I can't look at them, and I can't love them. They unfriended me. They unfollowed me. It's just too much. I can't forgive, Pastor. I can't love. It's just too much. I can't be get beyond what so-and-so said me I can't get beyond what they they put on Facebook it's just too much oh really oh is that true you 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 can't get past it but you expect God to get past everything that you did and everything that you said and every compromise that you had you can't forgive nobody else but you sure want to walk in forgiveness the devil is a liar where's the church at It's just too much. No, you need to get yourself in a place of surrender. 
Pastor Rayleigh, I'm not going to give. I'm not going to tithe. It's just too much. I'm, I'm not going to sow. But I'll tell you what I want. I want the blessings of the Lord. I want blessings to come upon me and overtake me. It, but it's just too. The devil is. He's panicking right now because I'm telling too much truth. Pastor, I don't get caught up in all that worship. I don't get caught up in all that noise. It's just too much. It doesn't take all that. But here's my question. How faithful has God been to you? How many times has he made a way out of no way? How many times has he blessed you? How many doors has he opened? When it comes to surrender and worship, push somebody and say, how much is too much? Is clapping too much? Is shouting too much? Is crying too much? Is giving too much? Is praying too much? Is lifting your hands too much? Is forgiving too much? How much is too much? Here's what I know. I could never in a million years match with my faithfulness to him, his faithfulness to me. But I can try. I can try. I dare you to try. Just try right now to give him. I can't ever do it, but let me try. Let me try. Let me try with my thank you. Hey, Jesus. Tell your neighbor, say, you don't even know. Oh, I got to finish. Tell your neighbor, say, you don't even know. You don't even know where he brought me from. You don't even know the doors that he's opened in my life. So maybe you can't worship. Maybe you can't praise. But this ain't too much for me. Calvish is too noise. It's not too much for me. Yeah. Come on, come on, tell your neighbor, it's just not too much. Look at somebody and say, if I'm getting on your nerves, it might be too much for you, but it's just right for heaven. Yeah, 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 yeah. How much is too much? Lord Jesus. People see your praise, your worship, your surrender, your commitment, your giving. And they say, that's just too much. But they don't even know that I never would have made it. Never would have made it. Never would have made it without you. I would have lost it all. But now I see that you were there for me, and and there for me, and there for me, and there for me. And there for me, and there for me. They let me down, but you were there for me. 
I was sick in my body, but you were there for me. I was struggling in my mind, but you were there for me. People acted like they didn't know me, but you were there for me. So I'm stronger. And I'm wiser. I'm not perfect, but I'm better. So much better. When I look back over all, over all you brought me through, I'm gonna raise up my hands and say, Lord, you were the one I held on to. Somebody give him a praise right now. Without the Lord, come on, give him a little praise right now. If he sustained you, if he kept you, give him praise. If he opened every door in your life, give him praise. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to land this plane. Nobody leave just for a moment online or here. If you try to walk out, we actually have people in the catwalk. They have water balloons. They're going to throw them at you on the way out. Watch this, and Jeroboam instituted a religious festival in Bethel, held it on the 15th day of the eighth month in imitation, in what? In imitation, in what? In imitation, in what? In imitation of the annual festival of the shelters in Judah. At this festival, the people, they put these booths and tents in their yards and on tops of their apartments and they lay out there in those and they eat there and they rest there and it reminds them that I only made it through the desert it points all the way back to when they were living in tents in the desert and it reminds them that they only made it through because Jehovah was faithful. So what does a king do? He sets up an imitation. And he said, I'm going to give you something that's kind of like it, but it's not it. And it's going to tell you that you made your way. You did it yourself. This king did this as an imitation of the Feast of Booths. And I want to tell you anything that you try to give God, give glory to besides God, it's fake, y'all. It's an imitation. I'm believing that we're going to see awakening. How many of you feel revival in this room? No, I'm, I, I'm, I, I need you to help me in these coming weeks. I, I really feel in my heart that God wants to awaken revival. And guys, you know that I don't make decisions offhand, without thought, without prayer. And I felt like for the next several weeks, I wanted us to come together collectively as a family. How many of you feel something that we're, now that we're together? 
And you say, well, Pastor Rayleigh, I like to come at nine o'clock. It's just too much. It's too much to come at 10, 10. Pastor Rayleigh, I don't have to be up that early. It's too, really? If you get in the car and you say it's just too much, wife, you have my permission to reach over and thump your husband on the nose if he says that. Just thump him right on the nose. Who would admit today, Pastor, he deserves my worship? Nothing's too much. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, neighbor, you could never give the God of too much. Because he's Jehovah, he's El Shaddai, he's more than enough. Tell your neighbor, say, you can never give the God of too much, too much worship. Push him again and say, but you can try. Say, why don't you try right now? Why don't you try right now? Why don't you ascribe to the Lord the glory that is due his name? My, 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 my. Come on, we're going to take about 30 seconds before I land this plane. Give God the glory and he will give you the victory. If you believe revival and awakening is coming to Ormond Beach, if you believe there's a new move of God coming to every Calvary campus, we're going to fix it from God's house. One, two, three. Give God a shout. With heads bowed and eyes closed and, and, and no one looking around just for a moment, everything about today has been trying to get here. I wanted to announce to you and unfold the one service planned for the next several weeks. We're going to call it One Fire. We're going to come together as one fire. I wanted to worship with you. I wanted to honor our first responders. Thank you so much, men, who you represent. We appreciate you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for taking care of us. We appreciate you. I wanted to honor the fallen, but I wanted to worship the king. <laughs> Don't get honor and worship mixed up. But this is the most important moment of the whole day with heads bowed and eyes closed to no one looking around. If you're here and you'd say, Pastor Rayleigh, there's some things in my life that alienate me and separate me from God. And when you pray, Pastor, pray for me because I'm not where I need to be with Jesus. I haven't been following him wholly and completely. There's compromise in my life. So when you lift somebody up, lift me up. I've been separated from him because of decisions or actions or sin. But today I want to get it under the blood. If you're not where you need to be with the Lord, I'm not going to embarrass you. But if you're not where you need to be with the Lord, when I count to three, I want you to raise your hand. Pray for me, Pastor. One. Remember me, Pastor. Two. I'm not where I need to be, Pastor. Three. Slip that hand up right now. Hands in every section. I got to get some stuff right between me and the Lord today. Every section. Hold that hand up. I'm going to lend you five more seconds. If you need to raise your hand, raise it right now. You by live stream, this is your moment as well. Five. Four. Come on. Three. If you raise it up, keep it up. Two. One, zero. Now, if you raised your hand and you really meant business, I want to invite you to come and I'm going to pray with you. I promise you, you won't come by yourself. If somebody next to you raised their hand, I want you to make a way for them to be able to come because this is the confession now. This is the new beginning. If you're ready for a new, people are already coming. If you're ready to just give it all to Jesus today, I want you to come right to the front. Say, I'm going to surrender it all. 
Come on, I feel like there's people over here. Here they come, here they come. This is real revival. Thank you for joining us for today's message. You can continue to be a part of all that God is doing here at Calvary Christian Center. You can text to give at 386-866-3060, or you can give at calvaryfl.com give. We would love for you to subscribe to our podcast and also for you to share this podcast with your community, your family, and your friends. Again, thank you for joining us.